Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Logaman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. And welcome in. It's week seven. The Jaguars entertain the New York football giants this Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman and Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson and trying to get back on track. Three-game skid here, but coming back home to face the Giants and a good chance to try to get some things right and finish out a game. Yeah, that's the biggest thing right there is finish the game. You know, we've had we've had glimpses of that, you know, with a couple wins that we've had this season, but, but we got to do a better job in the second half. You know, coaches and players, it's everybody included, you know, in and, and putting our number one, putting our players in position, but at the same time, our players have to understand that we've got to go, especially with the lead in the, you know, late in the fourth quarter, we got to be able to finish these ball games uh, and come out ahead. Yeah, I think the term complimentary football is is probably fitting, right? It is. It is. And complementary is, is really all three phases, you know, and uh, offense, defense, special teams. But, you know, um, go back to the Houston game where the defense played played well. Offense, you know, struggled, you know, but the defense kept us in the game. So we, there's somewhere somebody needed to make a play where we could overcome and win that game. And then last week, you know, it was kind of the same thing. Offense, you know, offense was kind of moving along and and, uh, you know, you want the defense to make a play late in the game and playing complimentary football that way. And those are all things that, that, that I continue to, to show the team and, and teach. And, you know, again, we've still got some young players that, that uh, have to understand that. It's just that sense of urgency, you know, when they're in those moments. This week you've got the, uh, the New York Football Giants, one of the oldest teams in the National Football League. And as a kid, I'll, I'll never forget watching, at the time, the Redskins and Joe Jacoby trying to block Lawrence Taylor. You know, so I mean, Lawrence was one of the one of the great Giants of all time. One of my favorite players. Do you have a guy that like you grew up watching or remember from the New York Giants back in those days? Well, I you know I played actually in the league. I was with the Miami Dolphins when Lawrence Taylor was still playing, and and of course you know everybody knows knows about him. But you know Phil Sims was was there, and he was the quarterback, and and just you know watching him and and really some great really good Giants football, you know, teams back in the day and just just watching them, you know, when Coach Parcells and those guys and, you know, just the, the history of, of the New York Giants and um, a storied franchise, one of the oldest in the NFL. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of history with this organization. And, um, you know, our legendary Coach Coughlin, you know, uh, was up there for a little while and, and had a chance to, to kind of coach against him. So, um, those were a couple of guys, and just just watching them, you know, as a kid growing up, just a you know a good football team. Unfortunately, I was across the river watching them win you know, with the other team in New York. You know, when <laughs> Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks, Harry Reasons. I mean, it was uh, that was a dominant defense, really good. Well, Logs, don't let him fool you. He's eight and two against the Giants as the the Eagles head coach. So I'm just throwing thanks that out there. That just throwing yeah, that out there. That I, I saw that wry little smile over there. We brought up the Giants. Well, this is a Giants team, though, that's 5-1. and one. They've surprised a lot of folks around the NFL or outside of the building over there, I think, and maybe even inside the building in New York. They're winning some of those fourth-quarter games and rallying back. What is it about uh, Brian Dable's coaching style that gets that team together? Well, you know, that's the, that's the biggest difference right now that you're seeing, you know, with them that you're not seeing with us is that they're they're opportunistic they're, they're creating plays at the right time uh defense has stepped up and and uh, created some some key turnovers late in some of these games they've overcome i think uh 10 plus points in in, in several of their wins this year 
You know, and, and really, honestly, Coach Dable's done a nice job of just, you know, basically offensively sort of utilizing their strengths, right, and taking their strengths and, 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 and using that in a way that, that uh, you know, Daniel Jones is playing solid football. You know, he, he may not be the guy that has to go out and win the game, but he's playing consistent football, you know, throwing it. He obviously is a good athlete. He can run the ball as well. But, you know, we know – everything's going to run through Saquon Barkley on offense. And, and that's that's the biggest uh, the biggest issue that faces us, obviously, is being able to stop him and stop that run game because that's a, that's, a, that's a powerful, powerful running back in the NFL. Yeah, he's uh, the reemergence of his career has just been amazing. I mean, I think he's like the number one back in the league in all-purpose yards. Uh, he's a great back in the offensive line, and they're committed to it. And, uh, and that's really the engine that makes them go on offense. It does, and and you're right. It's um, you know it goes through him uh, again. Daniel, you know Daniel Jones too is he's not turning the ball over. You know in the past he I think he's put the ball in harm's way. He's learned. He, you know and listen he's he's now been in this league a few years, so he's understand and, and learning from his mistakes in the past. And he's playing he's playing solid football right now. And and really defensively, you look at you look at them on defense and coach coach Martindale, you know coming from Baltimore and utilizing some of that pressure package that he has and. You know, he likes to use a lot of linebackers and DBs and, and try to confuse you at the line of scrimmage. And um, that's how they're getting pressure on these quarterbacks and, and, and creating some sacks and some turnovers that way. Yeah, when you bring up Wink Martindale, I, I think that's one of the kind of trademarks of him is that his defense has typically been not unafraid, I guess, to do different things. I mean, last week against the, the Ravens, he's playing a different style of defense with different personnel. He is. He is. And, you know, and the defense takes on his personality. And he's he's an aggressive style coach, and, and he, he's excitable. He's energetic. And, and that's the way the defense the defense feeds off of that. And, and uh, he's to be complimented for that. And, and that's what you see on tape. And these guys are playing with a lot of confidence right now. And, and again, they're creating turnovers at the right time. They're getting key stops at the right time. And then offensively, you know, they're scoring late in the game to take over and, and win these games. Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau got the big strip sack fumble at the end of the ball game last week. But the two guys in the middle, and uh, Leonard Williams, who's a really big dude, and then Dexter Lawrence. I mean, those two guys in the middle are pretty good. They're solid. They're solid. They're big. They're athletic. They're physical. Um, they push the pocket in the pass game. Run. They're just run stoppers up the middle. It's just a, you know, you've got to try to get four hands on these guys and, and try to move them the best you can. It's, uh, you know, Luke and our guards are going to have, have have their hands full. Literally have their hands full uh, on Sunday. You know, blocking blocking these two guys. But, you know, it, it's it's a solid defense. Um, you know, it's. Uh, they are giving up some yards, you know, running the ball and, and, and whatnot. But you know what? They they get in the red zone. They, they, they stop it. They either hold you to a field goal or, or to nothing. And, um, you know, it's going to take a four-quarter game uh, for us to, to have a chance to win this one. You know, watching, watching your offense and the way you're running the football right now, and to go back to last week's game just for a minute because I, I thought there was a couple performances that were outstanding. And, and for me, it, it – it says a lot about your football team. The grit and and the willing to get dirty of your wide receivers in the running game, uh, specifically Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, I thought they did an amazing job last week. And then your right tackle, I think, had his best game ever as a pro in Juwan Taylor last week. And that's got to be encouraging. It is. It, it just shows you you're on the right track and, and the message is sticking offensively because it, it, takes, it takes all 11 guys. And we know in the run game – the receivers have to block and in our style of runs you know we're asking them to block dns we're asking them to block 
you know, linebackers and, you know, different uh, schemes that we do. And you're absolutely right. Christian and Zay, outstanding job, you know, in the run game last week. Uh, and, and, again, Juwan is really really starting to emerge as a, as a really good tackle in this league, and, and, and rightfully so. He's talented, and, and uh, we all know that, you know, he is playing for the contract this year. And, and uh, um, you know, just a consistent – you know kind of a consistent player for us each and every week so that's what it's going to take you know it's going to take us running the football a little bit take pressure off our quarterback the play action pass we do have to get you know Christian and Evan going a little bit in the passing game and we know that um, and you know hopefully this will be the week to do that let's go to the Microsoft surface for a social media question for the head coach this is from at Samuel of Duval and we go back to your playing days Doug um, what did quarterback Doug Peterson's scouting report say <laughs> back in the day probably said he couldn't throw and he was too slow um, no I would say that you know he, he was a he, he's a smart guy he's, he's a solid backup um, you know, he, he, definitely a guy that that's probably not going to you know beat you with his arm more than more than his legs. But um, you know, gosh, that's a great question. It kind of stumps you just a little bit thinking about thinking good about, holder. You know, yeah, he's a solid special teams holder uh, on extra points and field goals. But uh, great question right there. You know, something I need to go research and have you ever and seen the answer. scouting report? I mean, be one. I, I've never you seen know, the scouting report. On you've me. been in yeah. the league for a while as a coach and. Sometimes the old scouting reports surface somewhere somehow. So you've to, never seen one. I've never seen one. We got to go dig ask one department, up. scouting well, department, to find it. For yeah. me. Well, it wouldn't be here because it was before this franchise existed. It had to be somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But we can. We we got ways. I bet yeah. you we can find we sources. Ways. We can find yeah, it. Yeah. All right. Final thought here. Giants coming in. They're five and one. They're hot right now. Uh, Jaguars trying to get back on track at home. London games next week. That's down the road a little bit, but. Uh, need that fan support this week to help this defense against a really good Giants football team. Yeah, you know, and the Giants fans travel, uh, but we need we need all the all all the all the faithful out there this weekend. You know, um, in, in our stadium here at the bank, and and, and really, um, you know, take over the stadium, take over the stadium. You know, we need we need our fans to support these players. They will. It'll be an exciting uh, football game Sunday afternoon. Looking forward to it. Uh, great football team coming in here, but our guys are ready for the challenge. Thanks for the time, Doug. Good luck to you. I appreciate it. It's head coach Doug Peterson. We're back with more. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. And welcome back. It is the Doug Peterson Show. And our thanks to the Jaguars head coach joining us every week. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. The Giants-Jaguars game is presented by Florida Blue. Florida's Blue Cross and Blue Shield Company has been providing health insurance to residents of Florida for more than 75 years, driven by its mission of helping people and communities achieve better health. Learn more at floridablue.com. Well, there's a, a Jaguars head coach that's trying to get his team to finish football games logs. They haven't been able to do that. Three straight losses, and they're facing a team that, well, they have they have been able to do that in New York. The Giants are 5-1 and one and quite a matchup this week. Yeah, and uh, I think the impressive thing is that three of those wins, they've kind of fought back and battled back. And if you look at it from a points standpoint, they're scoring a lot of points in the fourth quarter. So if this, uh, if you got this team kind of, you feel like you got them on ropes, you know, and, and you got a lead in the fourth quarter, you better do everything you can to make sure that you kind of keep your pedal down 
because this is a team that will climb back into the game. It's not like they were playing bad teams either. I mean, they're playing the Packers and the Ravens, and, I mean, their schedule. Yeah, the Tennessee game, I, I made a note here, the Tennessee game, Green Bay and Baltimore, you were trailing by 10 or more in the fourth quarter, and you came back and won those three games. And those, those are three good football teams. Uh, Tennessee was, well, we know all about Tennessee, good team. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. And then Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. But Lamar Jackson, Jackson is making some decisions this year that you just you shake your head at. Going, what are you doing? And this is a contract year for him. It is. It, he, he can still play, though, man. I mean, I oh, think he can no work doubt. some of that out. I, I, I would bet that uh, he's going to figure it out. There's no doubt. But every mistake that you make, like he made last week, where he's running one way and then throws the ball across the field. What do you always talk about with quarterbacks? Don't throw it across Don't the field. Don't throw it across your body, <laughs> right. away from where you're running. Yeah. Okay, and he did that. That's that's like a rookie mistake. And it got intercepted, and that allowed the Giants to get the go-ahead score. I mean, that's you just you don't do that, you know. So, anyway, it's uh, plays like that. Chuka-ching, chuka-ching. That's money being taken out of your account. Oh, they're taking the money from it. That's exactly okay. right. Um, from Doug's perspective, I would think that it, it's got to be a little frustrating to have finally maybe figured out something on the offensive side. They finally get that fourth-quarter drive, the 18-play drive, to take the lead with just under three minutes to go. Yeah, and then defense uh, gives it up. Right. Like, yeah, how well, do you – if it's not one thing, it's the other. Well, you're not going to get mad about it because against the Texans – you had an opportunity to go do it a couple times and you weren't able to do it, you know, as an offense. So uh, trust me, there's no finger pointing. I don't think in this locker room that's going on from, from last week's game, because the week before you could turn around and point that finger right at yourself, you know? So that part of it, I don't worry about. I think that the, the defense though has got to get some things fixed and I can tell you, they better be ready for tempo again, you know, Tempo that the Colts used, and first and foremost, you got a veteran quarterback in Matt Ryan who can operate an offense at the line of scrimmage. He's got the experience, no problem. Could a Daniel Jones do something like that to that extent? I don't know if he could do that, but I guarantee they're going to try it. Do something, yeah, why not? They've seen it on tape. They're going to try it, right? Yeah, I mean, just because shot. the Jaguars struggle with a little bit. And, and people have asked me, well, what is tempo, you know, why is that hard on a defense? One, it gets you kind of gassed because you're you're not getting the full break between plays. Sometimes they snap it faster. Sometimes they don't. But it's just the hurried pace that you're getting lined up and you're and you're uh, running to your not so much running, but you're hustling to your spot because they could snap the ball yeah, quickly. No substitutions. You're not subbing, yeah. so guys have to go a little bit longer. But you know what? They're not subbing on the offensive side of the ball either. And what it does. One, it simplifies the defense from a personnel standpoint and from a call standpoint. I don't, very few defenses in the National Football League will have their full array of coverages with an up-tempo or versus an up-tempo offense. Because even if you, if you think about, like for an example, two-minute drill, you're prepared for a certain personnel grouping in a two-minute drill, and so you have hand signals, communication, et cetera. Well, if the Colts or another team go up-tempo and they're not in the personnel grouping that you're expecting like a two-minute to be in, then you don't really have all of – sometimes you don't have all of those calls prepared to be able to you know, call them all quickly. 
and you can't get to some packages because you can't change personnel. So that's a challenge for a defense. But the one thing that can be good is that if you make a play quickly with up-tempo, you're putting their defense back out on the field in a hurry. And that can be tough on their defense. So that's the risk that you run in trying to have an up-tempo offense, putting your defense back out there quickly. But the Jaguars were not able to make plays to get off the field, and the Colts were able to put more drives together to keep their defense still rested. You know what they say about pointing fingers. We were talking about the Jaguars aren't doing that yet. Either side of the ball, you point a finger, then there's three fingers pointed back to you at the same time in the in the hand formation. Think about that. Well, if you point with your thumb, it could be four. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it depends yeah. on which finger you use. You're still going to get yeah. at least three. Correct. Um, we'll come back in a moment. And this running game for the Giants. Oh, boy. Saquon Barkley is back. And the Jaguars have to wrangle him this week. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, glad you're with us. The Giants and the Jaguars coming up in week seven at TIAA Bank Field. The Jags at two and four, Giants at five and one. Our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson joining us in the first segment of the program each and every week. Well, the Giants are led by running back Saquon Barkley on the offensive side. He's back from his knee injury 100%, probably better than that if there is such a thing. Number one in the league in rushing attempts, 119 of those, 616 rushing yards. It's second best in the league behind only Nick Chubb. He has four touchdowns. He is the number one priority for this Giants offense. Everything goes through Barkley, the former Penn State running back. Yeah, good player. Got his explosiveness back. You know, you look at him from uh, the standpoint of his rookie season was really the the best year that he's had. And uh, 16 games he played that year and a little over 1,000 yards, uh, 1,307 to be exact. And then the next year he missed a couple games, but it was solid. And then the two lost years in 2020, he only played two games. And then 2021, he played 13 games, but did not have a very good year. And now he's back to being that explosive back to where he can carry an offense, and he is carrying this offense. He's really good. And you're going to have to populate him because if you don't end up bringing some hats to him, he's going to make you look silly and he's going to embarrass you. And uh, the, the the offensive line, I think you got one really superstar player, which is their left tackle, Andrew Thomas, the right tackle, Evan Neals. You know, they hope he's going to be a – Superstar. He's a first-round pick yeah. from the spring from Alabama. Uh, big man. Uh, feet still need a lot of work. The other guys in, in the middle for the offensive line are just kind of okay. And I think the Jaguars can, can win at, at, against those positions, the two guards and the center. The tackle is going to be interesting. Uh, Evan Neal, I, I would like to think that you can make some hay on him because he has struggled this year. Who's lining up on him? Well, they, they flip-flop. You know, Josh and Trayvon flip-flop. So there's never one side for one guy situation. It's always based upon how they play it or how they want to match up. I can tell you, whoever's going on the other side against uh, the former number one pick out of Georgia, Andrew Thomas, they're going to pack their lunch. It's going to be a long day. I mean, he's uh, he's a good football player. And you're not going to get a whole lot, so you better make sure that what you have, as far as the opportunities, you better take advantage of every little opening he gives you because he's not going to give you many. 
He's good. And he was viewed as a bust now. I couldn't wow. believe that they viewed him as a bust so quickly. But New York. Who's that? New York people? Well, it's just, yeah, I mean, well. look, the, New York can be really, really challenging. <laughs> you, you would know firsthand. Yeah, I, I was there. And and they can they can really make things tough on you. But then also when you win, it's it's pretty special when you win in New York. And, and so with the Giants having their best start to a season, what, since like 09 or something like that, the people in New York are fired up. And I, I there might be a few Giants fans here on Sunday, JP. Sure. Quick flight. Yeah. Probably got people, direct a of, flights. A lot of people transplanted down here. I mean, Opportunity to yeah. to go to a warmer climate mm-hmm. and see your your football team play. You know, five and one, right? You know, they're going yeah. to the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> that's what they're saying. I mean, I don't know if that's true. But, yeah, they're playing well. And um, that, that it starts with that running back. There aren't – you know, there aren't really many threatening players on the outside for them at receiver. No, they're not going to throw it up a lot. They have some good players. I mean, solid players. But there's there's really no one guy that you sit there and go, oh, yeah, that guy's really good. You know, and they've, they've been mixing in a lot of young guys. And I'm talking throughout their team. Uh, Joe Schoen's their general manager. He was the one that was hired to replace Dave Gettleman. And then he brings in Brian Dable, the head coach along with ownership there, and ownership is very involved with that football team. They're an experienced ownership as far as owning the team for a long period of time, the Maras and Tishes, and uh, they've done a good job with that organization over the years. But make no mistake about it, they they are playing young guys. They're not afraid to play the young guys. They're playing them on offense. They're playing them on defense. They're playing a rookie tight end, playing a rookie, uh, rookie wide receiver. They're playing a rookie safety. Uh, uh, rookie defensive end and Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, rookie tackle. Uh, they're they're doing it. Put them out there. See, I give them credit now. And and here's the funny thing: Have you watched a Brian Dable interview yet with the New York media? No, I have not. It, either. Man, you want to talk about <laughs> you want to talk about dry? <laughs> I mean, he's just he's just not he's not giving them an opening for nothing. Seriously, I mean, it's like uh, he's almost so buttoned up. I don't want to say the press conferences are bad to watch, but it's like, can we lighten up just a little bit there, Brian? <laughs> Have a little fun? Because every every media guy, you'll you'll laugh at this, JP. They do a lot of that stuff via Zoom, I guess, instead of being in person for whatever reason. Okay. So you'll have – all the questions are coming over via Zoom, so everything's kind of delayed a little bit. So you got to have those those uncomfortable pauses. Right, we we know so, all about. So those. if you're Brian and I'm I'm a reporter, okay, I'm Rich Samini of ESPN New York. Hey Brian, how you doing? Good. Okay, Brian. No, you don't say good. You'll oh, say nothing. Nothing. You'll say nothing. No, but do it again, okay? Okay. Hey Brian, how you doing? Okay, good. Hey Coach, uh, this week against the Jaguars, it's like that with every question. And you would think that the media would catch on and that the coach is not going to respond to you saying, hey, how are you doing today? Not, that kind, of, not, uh, ca- not that kind of warm and fuzzy. Ask the question huh? yeah, let's get to it. instead of trying to uh, have these subtle formality introductions. Small talk or whatever. All yeah. that stuff. Coach is there to answer questions. He doesn't want to sit there and say, hey, how you doing, Bob? Great, great to see you, man. Rich, you're wasting my time. <laughs> I, I right. wish you would just say that. <laughs> What do you want? I wish you would just say that. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got plenty ahead. 
the uh, Giants-Jaguars matchup. We'll get to the Jaguars' offense. Last week, they ran for 243 yards Mm. in a losing effort. Mm. The sixth best rushing day in franchise history. How can you have that many rushing yards, 20 of 22 out of your quarterback, not turn the ball over, and not win? I don't know. Well, we found out because the defense gave it up at the end. That's why. Uh, We're back with uh, plenty more ahead. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. We're back. It's the Doug Peterson Show. Presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles, J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson joining us at the top of the show every week. The New York football Giants and the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up a Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff time at TIAA Bank Field. The game this week presented by Florida Blue. The Giants are 5-1. and one. The Jaguars are 2-4. and four. And the Jags have dropped three straight. The offense last week got some things going. They ran the football well early and decided to keep running the football all game long and yeah. had the sixth best rushing attack in a single game in franchise history. And uh, Travis Etienne had a nice day. Hasty had a long run. I mean, they go down the list. Everybody, Trevor, uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence ran the ball well in his moments. They had a huge fourth quarter drive to get it going and, and take the lead, a 10-minute-plus drive, uh, and, and did a lot of things well on offense last week. Now, can they carry that against the Giants? What will it look like this week? Well, I think that's interesting. One, you know, you always want to be able to run the ball, but we have kind of learned that this is a little bit more of a pass-first offense. I think last week's game plan reflected the struggles at the quarterback position the previous two weeks and that they wanted to protect him, allow the offense to have some success on the ground, to let him let Trevor get comfortable in that game, give him some plays that were low-risk, you know, high percentage of completion, just to kind of get him going. And Travis Etienne was marvelous to start that game. The, the running game period, Michael Hasty was good. Uh, I thought uh, James Robinson did a good job. And the offensive line, I think, really is putting together and has put together some really good games. I thought the Texans game was was okay by them. The protection was good in pass protection. The, the, I thought the Eagles game, they were good in pass protection. This past week, they took it to another level running the football. And if I had to pick like a blocking MVP, mm, yeah. it would be Jawan Taylor. Right tackle. I thought he had hands down his best game as a pro. He was outstanding. He was finishing blocks. He was strong. He was moving people. But most importantly, it was the finish which differentiated this performance against other ones that he's had. In the past, you've heard me kind of say, come on, Juwan, you got to do better in the run game. Finish, finish, finish. And sometimes he would be looking as, when I say looking, he makes a block for a little bit and then kind of comes off the block and is looking at his guy. Well, the play's right behind him. You keep blocking. And he would watch his guy get involved in a tackle. And he set a standard now. Okay, that game right there established that he can do that. And so now he has to hold himself accountable to that standard every week. And I'm not saying that it's going to be 
as high of a level. But I'm saying just the finish and the effort and everything else now has to be at that level or more. And that's a good thing. And I give credit to Phil Rauscher. I think Phil's doing a great job with this offensive line. He's getting the best out of Juwan Taylor that I've seen. Again, best game he's ever played. He's been very consistent in pass protection, and that's always been a tough spot with Juwan. And then Cam, the angles, the sets, they're getting better. I mean, that he's doing a really good job with that offensive line. It's interesting to watch them play up front, especially last week when all of a sudden they're bringing trap blocking in. And it's well, they inter- were whams. Ra- wham. Is that what you're calling them? Okay, whams. Yeah, a, tra- a trap block is when an offensive lineman is trapping a guy on the line of scrimmage. So let's say, for example, Brandon Sheriff at right guard, he goes and he traps the tackle on the other side in front of Shatley. Got it, yep. Or nose tackle shaded on the other side of Fortner. Okay, a wham is is like a trap, but it's coming from a second level behind the offensive line. A fullback or a tight end. The tight end can be lined up in the backfield. He can be lined up in the wing. The uh, two long runs that Travis Etienne had were whams. And the whammer on both of those plays was Chris Manhurts. Did a really good job on the first one, which was the 48-yard run by Travis Etienne, which, by the way, we're going to break down with Bernie Parmley, the running backs coach on Jaguars All Access tonight and Jags Wired this week. Jags what time weekend. is that? Seven? Uh, seven o'clock. It's Fox 30. Fox 30. From Strings. From Strings. Thank you. In Springfield. Yep. And we will have Travis Etienne as our guest. All right. But – the Wham plays were really good, and Chris Manhurts is doing a great job of blocking. He doesn't get a lot of balls, obviously, because he's a blocking tight end. But the job that he did on that 48-yard run, the Wham, was good. But there was another, like a 20-plus yard run that Travis had, and it was another Wham play. But Sheriff had to kind of ch- change what he was doing. He saw, thought that the tackle would penetrate inside. So he doesn't pull away to set up the guy that's supposed to get whammed. So Sheriff stays on that guy. Manhurts, totally unexpected. He's not expecting Sheriff to do that. They've never gone over this, I guess, from what I understand. He goes right up, Manhurts does, right up to the next level to block the linebacker, which kind of was Sheriff's guy at the beginning of that. I mean, that's that's a great job of adjustment by a veteran player. And then the 61-yarder, by Jamichael Hasty, JP. Mm-hmm. He does a great job of completely getting the seal here, okay, the uh-huh. inside seal. Yeah. And then the young tight end, Farrell, gets the seal over there. So a seal here, a seal there, and then here's the alleyway. That's where Jamichael ran, right between those two blocks by the tight ends. By the way, Chris Manhurts from the Bronx. Uh, in New York, and I got, asked got him, a couple New York guys. Yeah, and I asked him this week, hey, you know, any juice still? You've been in the league a long time. He's like, nah, it's another team, and they just happen to be wearing blue this week. Doesn't do it for him. Evan Ingram, on the other hand, might have a little something. We're back in a moment, though. Quarterback play for the Jaguars when we come back. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. We're back. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. The Doug Peterson Show on the network continues ahead of the Giants-Jaguars matchup in week seven. Here at the bank coming up Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff time. Last week, 
Efficient quarterback play, not pushing it down the field again. It's not what the Colts gave him. And 20 of 22 passing. Uh, Trevor had those key moments on that final drive, of course, um, you know, with his legs a few times on third and fourth down, and then some key throws in big moments and a good step for the quarterback last week. Yeah, after, you know, two steps that were maybe a little bit backwards in the previous weeks. And, you know, you in a perfect world, you'd like to see the ball getting pushed downfield and having defenses stretched. But I think there's a time and a place for that. And could it be this week? Maybe. But I thought last week with the style of defense that you were facing, the previous week's performances by Trevor, I think that that's, that was exactly what the doctor ordered. And, and it worked. It worked. The defense just didn't handle their side of the bargain. Can they dial it up this week down the field? Well, I mean, maybe. I, I, I don't know what the game plan is, but, I mean, they play a more aggressive style of defense. Okay. So you so might take advantage of some of their aggressive. When you have an aggressive style of defense, that leads to more opportunities down the field, and you've got to trust your guys. I think Marvin Jones you trust just because he does a really good job with the 50-50 ball situation. We'll see if he's back. He's on the report last week. Missed, missed last week's game. but yeah. and, and then Zay Jones can run by some people. So Christian Kirk can run by some people. So what's the matchup? I, I think that there will be opportunities to find, to find some space down the field for Trevor in this offense. And you, and you hope that you know, the protection stays good because that's the – I think that's key, obviously. Play action would help that. But your offensive line has been doing a really good job in pass protection. They have been much improved this year. And, again, I'm going to say this again, offensive line coach Phil Rauscher is doing a really good job. That group is much – that might be the most improved group on the football team from last year to this year. And, essentially, they're working with four out of five components that are kind of the same, right? I mean, with – Cam, Even with Shatley in there. Shatley, uh, center's new, and yeah, the, yeah, the sheriff. sheriff is, is so back. three out of five. So three out of five. Yeah, but I mean, that's I think they're doing a great job. Was that sixty percent? Quick pretty math. Good. Quick math. Yeah, pretty good. That's good, JP. Thank you. You're getting better at math. Thank you. I didn't have to take off my shoes or anything to count <laughs> for that one. Uh, we're back in a moment, and we'll get a social media question for Jeff Lagerman. All right. You're a social media maven. Are we going to talk about my scouting report? No. Oh. We do that every show, okay. I think. That's a prerequisite Good. for the rundown each week is to talk about Jeff Lagerman's scouting report as a player. Kidding, of course. This is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show, and it's time for the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The official Thursday report is out, and logs it looks exactly the same as yesterday. Two players did not practice today. Uh, Jamal Agnew, uh, kick and punt returner and wide receiver, did not practice second straight day. And then cornerback Shaquille Griffin did not practice today as well. Two days in a row with a back issue. The other four players on the list limited today. Uh, Fully Fadakasi with a quadriceps issue. Devon Hamilton with a foot issue. Marvin Jones Jr. with a hamstring issue. And Foye Oluokun with a calf issue. That is the injury report. So that brings us to the Microsoft Surface 
for a social media question for Jeff Lagerman now. And this is from at GJK underscore 298. What's the importance of potentially getting guys like Marvin Jones and Foley Fatakasi back in the lineup for this week? Well, a good question because first and foremost, they're veteran guys that you trust. And I'll start with Marvin Jones. Trevor trusts him to where if it's a 50-50 situation, he's going to throw it because he feels like Marvin's going to either make the catch or make sure that the defender does not make the catch. And it's consistency, and Marvin is a very strong leader with that wide receiver group. When you talk to Zay and you talk to Christian, everybody always talks about the leadership of Marvin Jones. And that's what you want to have, as many guys as you can in the huddle. And with the experience he has, I think that that's really good to have for a young quarterback. Defensively, Fadakasi's a big body, and he's strong, and he can move. And I call him kind of a two-way player. When I say two-way player, he stops the run, but he also can rush the passer. He's not a dominant pass rusher, but he's a push-the-pocket pass rusher. And that's what this defense needs right now because they're not getting a ton from the inside from a push standpoint. That needs to start happening for this group. I'm curious. uh, You know, we talked a lot about Devin Lloyd and the hamstring injury, of course, in uh, training camp preseason, missed a lot of that time, and then finally played in the last. They just wanted to make sure it was right before they put him back out there. Uh, for a guy like Fadakasi, who's now he had a calf injury earlier in, in training camp, and now with the quadriceps issue, we're not sure exactly what or where. Yeah, is it a bruise? But is it a strain? You don't know. But either way, if you're out there playing, it's every single player putting stress on this thing. Is there a concern maybe of putting him out there too quickly? Well, I think but you, you still got to play games at some point. Yeah, too. I think I think there's always a concern, but that's something that uh, Dr. Kevin Kaplan has to kind of assess and and give his opinion on it, and then and uh, you make a you make a decision off of that information. And also a lot of feedback from the player. You know, when the player talks to Dr. Kevin Kaplan, who, by the way, is the team orthopedist, great guy, great surgeon, whole nine yards. But when that information is passed to, from the doctor to the coaching staff and the athletic training staff with Jeff and his guys, I mean, then they all get together and make a decision. And the player is, is involved in that decision. Can you play on an 85%? You know, that's well, my, I think that, my question. I, well, that's a, I think that's a great question. I think everybody is different. Yeah. And with a young player, sometimes you're hesitant to trust what a player's telling you. Yeah. So sometimes you need to have a little bit of a track record or you trust veteran players more because you know that they've been there, they've been through it, they understand their bodies better, they understand the demands of the game. With a young player, they haven't been there yet, they just want to please, 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 ah, I can go, I can go, well, the coaches need to sometimes say, "Hey, let's take a step back and let's assess this and find out really what can you can you know what can this player contribute for us? Does it make it worth our while to have him active on game day?" So, so I, I mean, with both guys, fortunately, they're veteran guys, and what they're telling you is going to be golden information. So you're going to trust it, and then you make the best decision for the team from a performance standpoint, and you roll you roll forward. Jamal Agnew, concerning, obviously kick and punt returner, and has been a contributor in moments on the offense. Yeah, the, the run that he had this past week, I think, is the one that maybe he got hurt on. That's what he said to me today. Um, I thought it was good. He's an X-factor guy. When he gets the ball in space, he can be challenging to stop. And not having him as a returner, first and foremost, again, you, you lose the trust. You know, this goes again to trust. Coaches want to trust players. Coaches need to trust players. Teammates need to trust teammates. 
Well, as a kick returner, you're trusting that Jamal Agnew is not going to put the ball on the carpet. He's not going to drop a punt or muff a punt or, or muff a kick catch. And you know that he's going to catch it, and you feel good about what kind of a return that he's going to get. And from with other players, and then on top of that, you're also excited. This goes beyond trust. You're excited about what he could do. You know, could he go to the house? I mean, he's got a career of eight or nine returns for touchdowns. Could one of those go? And that part of it, you don't replace that by the next man up mentality. Now, I'll probably be wrong. Whoever plays as punt and kick returner might take one to the house this week for <laughs> well, me saying that. would be a that. good thing, though. We'll <laughs> take that. That would be okay. And we'll see about uh, Shaq Griffin, who did not practice two days in a row, back issue, and, uh, you know, that'll force – if he's not out there, of course, on Sunday, that'll force some changes in the secondary. Yeah, that's uh, – that. you're prepared for that. Uh, if uh, if he's not available, which, you know, guy that has a back and it doesn't practice two days in a row, it's not trending in the right direction, but you never know. There's still Friday left and Saturday and – see what happens we'll come back in a moment and what's going to happen when we come back is we'll get our final thoughts about this jaguars giants matchup on sunday at tiaa bank field it's the doug peterson show on jaguars radio welcome back the doug peterson show continues right now Coming down the home stretch on the Doug Peterson Show in this week seven, JP Shadrick with Jeff Logman. Glad you're with us. Joe Fortunato on the audio side, David Cho, Brent Reber on the video side. Glad you're along with us today on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, the Jaguars Radio Network, our flagship in Jacksonville, Tension XL, and all of our great stations along the network that carry Jaguars football. Glad to have you along with us. The Giants Jaguars game is presented by Florida Blue. Florida's Blue Cross and Blue Shield Company has been providing health insurance to residents of Florida for more than 75 years, driven by its mission of helping people and communities achieve better health. Learn more at floridablue.com. The Giants are 5-1. The Jaguars are 2-4. Logs, you like this matchup, it feels like, this week. I do. I do. I think this is a... This is going to be a, a really nice game for the offense. I think Daniel Jones is going to show a little bit of Daniel Jones of old. Ah, uh, This defense definitely needs to bounce back. And, uh, and it's going to be a challenging game with Saquon Barkley. But I, th- this defense does a good job stopping the run. Now they had the Philly game, the Philly game which you know, they gave up some yardage. But I just feel consistently this run defense does a really good job. That's what they do best consistently. And I think that they can stop Saquon Barkley in this ballgame. And that puts a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. I just think that the real key, though, is not making the mistakes that have plagued you in the past. If you can avoid them, you win this football game. It's just Jags offense going to feel like against the Giants defense. Well, very challenging game for Trevor just because of the defensive style that they run. But if you face a defense like this and then you have some success running the football, that opens up a lot of opportunities against a very aggressive defense. And I think the Jaguars have some players that can win down the field. And with the man coverage, I think that 
that that's going to be where some big plot, some big plays are ended up going to end up being had. Love that. Logs likes it. Uh, I think a lot of Jaguars fans should like it. The Giants and the Jags coming up this Sunday. You've got uh, at well, you need it. You need it. Got to have it. You you need this game. Lost three straight. You know, you know London's around. You know next week, and then you got another home game. You got to build some momentum for your football team. Strings tonight. Jaguars all access. What you got? Josh Allen, Travis Etienne, and the famous Brent Martineau. Wow. How about that? Yeah, he's he's a draw himself. He's a star. That guy. Yeah, he's great. No, Looking forward to it. Travis Etienne's really good, by the way. Looking forward to it. Uh, that'll be a great show tonight. Uh, get down to Strings. You can uh, meet Jeff Lagerman in person. Yeah, they got they got good beer. They do. That's right up your alley, JP. It is. Yeah. Uh, one of these nights, I'm going to get down there. I, I figured you would. Maybe tonight. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. That's Jeff Lagerman. I'm JP Shadrick. Thank you for listening. The Giants and the Jaguars coming up. Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. This has been the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.